Welcome to Mr. Biz Radio, biz talk for biz owners. During the next half hour, Mr. Biz, Ken Wentworth, a leading business advisor and two-time best-selling author, will cover topics that will help business owners run their companies more profitably and more efficiently. If you're ready to stop faking the funk and take your business onward and upward, this show is for you. And now, here's Mr. Biz, Ken Wentworth. All right, welcome to another episode of Mr. Biz Radio with me, Mr. Biz Ken Wentworth. And uh, this week, we are going to talk about something that everyone likes, everyone wants, everyone desires, and that is scaling and growing your business, growing your empire, creating that empire that we all want, we all want to grow too. And so for that, um, you know, again, I talk about this all the time, we don't bring just anyone on the show. So we have our guest this week, uh, who's had over a half a billion, yes, with a B, a half a billion in retail sales during her career. She was the t- a TV show host on the Home Shopping Network for 20 years. Uh, so she knows how to grow and scale a business, and she knows sales. So, Victoria Wick, welcome to Mr. Biz Radio. Uh, it's going to be a fun time. Thank you so much for inviting me to your show. Yeah, absolutely. Excited to have you. Um, so I guess let's just start with talking about uh, your, your entrepreneurial journey. I mean, I know you immigrated from South Korea. Walk us through what that was like for you. Uh, back in South Korea, I was a kid, you know, uh, I was 12 going on uh, almost 13 uh, when we arrived in America. Basically, my father had four daughters and one son, and uh, he was quite concerned about the lack of opportunity for women. It, you know, they were at that time when we left, Korea was going through its own aftermath of the whole civil war between North and South, and also with um, the idea that, you know, females or girls uh, weren't supposed to go outside the home, you know, work outside the home and all that. Mm -hmm. So he came here and upon arrival, we had all of our assets uh, pretty much frozen in both countries by the Korean government. You know, at that time, you couldn't come as uh, easily as you could come now. Mm -hmm. So we had to start that uh, our lives here with no money, no friends, no family, no job, and also uh, the lack of uh, ability to understand people because we did not speak English. But, um, you know, I can go on to the whole thing on that, but that's that's going to take forever to, to get through here. So basically, specifically regarding my entrepreneurship journey, um, having con- come from that background where we had literally nothing and every day was a struggle just to put food on the table for my parents. Uh, they each worked two jobs for the first time uh, and mostly manual labor, too which they weren't used to, to take care of their five children. So from the coming from that background, uh, when I uh, became an adult myself, and I was, you know, trying to build a family of my own, uh, I did not see how I could go to work in a corporate world, you know, working uh, somewhere between 12 to 15 hours a day, plus an hour commute each way, because that was very common in Los Angeles at that time. So I chose to, um, live a simpler life so that I could be home, uh, be present for my children. Cause I really, you know, missed that when, when, as a kid, I didn't really have a childhood. So I set a goal of making $3,000 a month so that I could pay my rent, you know, the, the bills, you know, utility bills and all that. And also to take care of my kids. Um, but I wanted to make $3,000 a month, uh, working 20 hours a week. So, um, I kind of uh, took a leap of faith. I had no idea what I was doing, um, I, but I was willing to work on a lot less. I did have um, a college degree from UCLA, and then I went out and got my master's at USC, both on scholarship. So, you know, my parents didn't have to pay like uh, tuition or anything. Mm-hmm. 
And um, so from that point to, you know, just making a lot of mistakes or learning from them, recovering and just never uh, giving up on hope. Um, I eventually built a business that's well over $500 million uh, over that career span. And my career is still not over. I'm still, um, you know, right now, actually, my business is on kind of cruise control where I have a lot of um, online sales, you know, when I'm sleeping or whatever, Mm -hmm. the sales come through. So, and and the business is global. It's very healthy uh, globally so that I don't have to depend on any one person to, uh, you know, control my future. So that's the whole entrepreneurship journey, pretty much. Yeah. So we got, I got to ask you, how in the world did you end up as a host on Home Shopping Network? How'd that come to fruition? You know, that's a good question. Um, a lot of people actually, uh, I gave a keynote speech actually on Tuesday and Wednesday this week. And um, the first question, a lot of people ask that question, you know, which is uh, how big was your business before you went on HSN? You know, the impression is that that changed my life. Actually, the opposite is true. Um, By the time HSN noticed me and contacted me to go on their network, I mean, at the time in 1998, HSN wasn't HSN. I mean, they called themselves Home Shopping Club, basically. Mm -hmm. And they sold mostly dolls and, you know, swords. And it was uh, pretty much known as the Grandma Shopping Network. Um, So I didn't actually even want to be on it at that time. Um, But basically, by the time HSN found me and contacted me, I had distribution at places like Harrods London, Galleries Lafayette, Takashimaya, Japan, um, you know, Cebu, all of the major department stores, including Saks, Neiman's, Bloomingdale's, Lord & Taylor, you know, here as well. Mm-hmm. And I was on uh, duty-free shops all over the world, uh, in-flight duty-free, you know, like in the first class, uh, the duty-free section in mm-hmm. something like 40 different airlines around the, around the globe. Um, I've had a very healthy distribution in, in the Middle East, uh, Dubai, Abu Dhabi, uh, Sharjah, you know, just all over the world. Mm-hmm. So it was a very healthy business before they found me. Um, but then I would say that they actually getting there gave me a lot more visibility because they grew, they changed. They're a very modern company now. And I was in the middle of their whole upgrading and makeover. So, um, you know, it was a great experience all, all around, but without those credentials in the beginning, you know, it wasn't like a lucky thing that I ended up there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's gotta be, a, I mean, not gotta be, it is a huge testament to you, you know, coming from, you know, being a, an immigrant from South Korea to, you know, being on HSN for 20 years. I mean, that's quite an accomplishment. Yeah. It's 19 years and 11 months or something. And I think that uh, the thing that, you know, your listeners should um, kind of remember is that on, you know, every distribution network, uh, every distribution, like, uh, for example, department stores versus uh, duty-free stores versus TV, they all have different margin requirements, different um, ways they judge your brand. Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, in duty-free, they, they kind of uh, figure out your sales by, by weight like the, because you know, you're on in-flight. So when the planes fly, fuel costs are pretty high. So if you were selling liquor versus jewelry, which does, takes very little time and very little weight, Mm-hmm. Um, so they, they value it higher, for example, um, on TV networks, they judge us by, uh, sales per, per minute. So it's dollars per minute. And if you don't do so many thousand bucks, you know, a minute, uh, and, and every network has different requirements for that, they basically take you off. So being on it for 20 years and they will take you off like with one bad show. <laughs> so it's wow. really, really rough to consistently generate those multi-thousand dollars per minute, every single minute, averaged out, you know, no matter what time of the day you're on. 
that's that's you know incredible amount of work uh, to sustain that, and it's it's almost I think it's harder than uh, regular TV. Like uh, you know, there are very few TV shows that last twenty seasons. Right. So yeah, it's um it's it's a lot of work. I will say too. there's no uh, you know a lot of luck or you know just a fluke involved in there. Yeah, yeah. Well, again, this week we're talking with Mrs. Victoria Wick. Um, you can find out more about some of the things she does, and we're going to talk through that um, in the next couple of segments uh, from the remainder of the show, but you can find out more at victoriawick.com. And her last name is actually spelled W-I-E-C-K, uh, but pronounced Wick. So d- victoriawick.com. You can also follow her on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Um, and she's also the host of a podcast, Million Dollar Hobbies. You can find out more about that at milliondollarhobbies.com. So, We are going to hit a break here. We're going to come back, give the Mr. Biz tip of the week, which actually is a pretty cool quote from Russell Brunson. And we'll continue talking with this week's guest, Victoria Wick. Business owners have a continually growing to-do list with little time for revenue-producing activities. With Check Off Your List and their experienced team of virtual assistants, you can focus on growing your business. Visit checkoffyourlist.com to learn how Check Off Your List's skilled team can handle your day-to-day tasks like social media, bookkeeping, calendar maintenance, and much more. Contact Check Off Your List at checkoffyourlist.com or call 888-262-1249 to see how their virtual assistants can help you live to work rather than work to live. Thank you for listening to Mr. Biz Radio. Did you know our show airs seven days a week for more than 30 hours now? If you are in the B2B space and would like to reach thousands of business owners every week, including our more than 250,000 social media followers, our thousands of daily internet radio listeners, our email list fans, and Mr. Biz Solutions members, email us at info at MrBizSolutions.com to become a sponsor. Tap into Mr. Biz Nation to help grow your business. Check out both of Mr. Biz's national best-selling books, Pathway to Profits, and How to Be a Cash Flow Pro on Amazon. Now, once again, here's Mr. Biz. All right, welcome back to the show, and it's time for the Mr. Biz Tip of the Week. And as I mentioned, this week it's actually a quote from none other than Mr. Russell Brunson. For those of you in the e-commerce world, I'm sure you'll be familiar with his name and his brand of ClickFunnels. Uh, But his quote that I really liked a lot was, how many people's lives can you change if you don't slow down or give up? You know, it kind of goes along with that theme we talk about on the show pretty often about consistent perseverance. One of the most uh, critical traits, or in my mind, the the most critical trait of being a successful entrepreneur is uh, exhibiting that consistent perseverance. You're going to get knocked down. You got to continue to get up and continue to get up and continue to get up and keep fighting until you get there. And it's a great segue because our guest this week, Victoria Wick, uh, is definitely a testament to exhibiting that consistent perseverance in her career, as she mentioned during the first segment. But Victoria, I wanted to talk a little bit more about, I can't even imagine the daunting task you faced as you were building your business. Uh, you mentioned all the distribution networks that you had set up. How did you even get started? I mean, the vast network that you've built over the years, how did you even get started to you know, go to a Neiman Marcus or all these other places and and, and uh, get your products featured in their in their distribution networks. Like you said, I love the consistent perseverance. Um, you know, it, you have to be committed to your success. You have to be committed to what you believe uh, will help people, because if you don't, then no one else actually will believe you. And frankly, you don't actually deserve the sale. <laughs> as far right. as I'm concerned, you know, you really have to believe that you're adding value to your customers' lives. So once I was absolutely convinced that uh, that I have something that no one else can offer but myself and I can do this better, I was, you know, pretty tireless in 
uh, my pursuit of convincing, you know, one person at a time. And I got lots of rejections um, and I, you know, I failed in a lot of different things, but I would say at the time, I didn't really know what I was doing. Um, but looking back, uh, it just seems to me like I was forced to a business model, which was kind of like test, uh, then tweak, test some more, tweak, and then build it. And then I scaled it and accelerated it. So basically, if you believe that you really are adding value. So in my case, um, you know, I defined when people ask me, what do you do for a living? Uh, instead of saying I design jewelry, which is what I do physically um, every day, and I think I do pretty, you know, pretty good job of that. Mm-hmm. I felt like how I change their lives is to help them memorialize their the most important moments of their lives. Because if you think about it, jewelry is bought to memorialize, you know, weddings, birthdays, anniversaries, bar mitzvahs, you know, all these, um, you know, christenings, graduations, you know, promotions. So I felt like it's such a privilege to be a part of their lives. And um, I need, you know, that's an honor. I need to do a great job of that. So if I'm going to um, believe, if I'm going to really believe that I help them memorialize their events in a way that's truly memorable for generations to come, um, the quality of what I'm offering has to be, you know, the best quality possible. So that was never a compromise. I, you know, when I went to HSN, that was a huge issue. They wanted to, you know, offer something at a certain price point. Um, and then secondly, um, my styling has to be somewhat timeless. It has to be something that a lot of people could wear proudly, and it has to be something that would last many generations. So the challenge then was, well, if it's going to be so timeless, how do you then make it so distinctively unique and fun and modern uh, and not boring? Because, you know, things that are timeless look have to kind of look pretty simple and basic. And um, so that was a you know, little bit of a challenge. And then the other thing, too, was uh, jewelry was bought and sold mostly like, um, you know, this is two carats. You know, it's a, such a great diamond and, you know, uh, it's high quality. And, you know, it's, it was really sold more as a status rather than to truly adorn a woman and to have meaning. So I kind of focused on um, my, my jewelry was made for uh, women going to work for the first time. You know, I was part of the generation of women who worked outside uh, of the home in a managerial capacity. And a lot of in those early days of um, females working in, man, in a managerial capacity, there were not a lot of jewelry that you could wear during the day. It was very fancy jewelry you could wear you know, at night. And in fact, they used to have daytime jewelry, nighttime jewelry. Um, I felt that women um, needed something that softened up their their persona, also something that distinctly distinguishes one woman versus another woman. And I had to do it affordably so they could, you know, buy multiple pieces. So, you know, they don't wear the same thing every day to work. So um, I focused on that working women who actually had a need to look elegant, um, stylish, but not ostentatious. And to kind of complete her look rather than as a status type thing. So, you know, there was nobody doing it at that time. So that was really great. Um, So basically, uh, a lot of my styling, the way I added the timelessness is I added design elements that were timeless, such as, you know, florals, uh, you know, flowers, wildflowers have been here probably billions of years before humans got here. Mm-hmm. Um, same thing with, you know, with like little uh, nature, like uh, ladybugs, butterflies, you know, I think just, just a hint of something like that uh, mm-hmm. really made it very timeless. So then the next thing you know is I was kind of defined by the look, the creativity and the artistry of the jewelry. So 
what happened was um, because it was such a void there, you know, everywhere I went and people kind of like looked at it, gave me a chance to talk to them. And then once um, I fell in love with my customers and you got their feedback and then they fell in love with me um, and my jewelry, they then uh, started to um, you know, talk about my jewelry to a lot of other people. So they then created, um, I mean, I have legions of fans that have followed me for 25, 30 years. I mean, I was in department stores 10 years prior to it being on HSN. So all those people still, I mean, it's a very, very loyal following. And I think that's how you build a brand. I mean, making sure that you really do have something unique and different for them. And, um, and the only other thing I would say is that if you're in business, um, whether you're in business to business or business to consumer, you still have to worry about the end user, the, whoever is going to eventually use your product and make sure that you have a customer centric message. So if you, you know, for example, when I go on TV, in fact, I'm going to go on TV today, like in half an hour from now. When I go on TV, I talk about, you know, it's very eucentric message. Instead of saying, I love summer, I love blue, and, you know, I love designing these pieces, and I love this, and I hope you like it too. Instead of saying all those I words, I would say something like, I know you love summer. And when summertime comes around, you know, you love blues, like a lot of other people like, you know, the color blue. And uh, so I designed this wonderful collection for you so that when you go out, you know, and mingle with your friends and, you know, have enjoy the fun summer moments, you get to glow, you get to radiate, you get to do all of these, you know, wonderful things and you get to permeate your positivity and, you know, you get to glow in, in bask in all the compliments you get. So, and you can do this without, you know, breaking the bank, you can do this without, you know, really feeling ostentatious. Um, and, you know, you can also leave it to your future generations because these are very timeless. And so I use the word you nine times for the one I. Mm -hmm. And I think that a lot of times, even on a website, you need to figure out how many I's you have in there or how many we's because that's not customer centric message. Yeah, I think that's a that's a great uh, reminder because I find the same thing, Victoria. And, and it's, honestly, if you think about it from a consumer perspective, it becomes a little off putting yes. because it becomes, you know, it becomes uh, it seems more like about the seller. Uh, and less about you as the consumer. And I think, you know, even those subtle things like that make a huge difference in how people receive the message. So uh, really uh, important thing to keep in mind as you're doing your marketing, as Victoria mentioned on your website, et cetera. So again, this week you're talking with Victoria Wick. You can find out more, more at victoriawick.com. And again, her last name is spelled W-I-E-C-K. Um, follow her on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn. Um, she's actually has, has a, a free ebook as well on her website, milliondollarhobbies.com. So check that out. So we'll come back after the break. She's going to teach us how to grow and scale our businesses. Are you ready to automate your business? Automation is the key to scaling a business and building wealth. It's also one of the most difficult things for a small business owner to do on their own. If you're looking for help with automation, Pulse Technology CRM can help. We have an exclusive offer for Mr. Biz Nation. We will build everything for free, even if it's a sophisticated funnel. Visit thepulsespot.com forward slash Mr. Biz for this exclusive offer. If you find listening to Mr. Biz Radio is helpful, imagine having live access to not only Mr. Biz, but also five other trusted business experts. It's true. You can have live access to your very own CFO, plus a business attorney, a website and digital marketing expert, a sales and growth guru, a financing professional, and a customer experience master. Visit MrBizSolutions.com to learn more. 
Join Mr. Biz Nation at MrBizSolutions.com. To submit questions to the show, email them to info at MrBizSolutions.com. Now, once again, here's Mr. Biz. All right, welcome back to the show. And uh, as I promised, Victoria's going to give us some some tips on how to grow and scale. But I did want to mention, um, we didn't get to it in the second segment, Victoria, and I did want to uh, mention, though, you are are developing and, are, and I think close to releasing some online courses. Is that correct? Right. That's correct. I, I need to find a, I needed to find a way to bring it to my uh, potential students uh, affordably and and still keep the sizes very, very small so that they could actually get something out of it. So I'm about four weeks away from that. OK. And what what are those courses? Uh, what's the you know, sort of the, the teachings in those courses? So the first one is how to start, grow, uh, and scale your business. Um, you know, if you're like a, stuck in a commute and you want to start your business, you can do this. But it's really mostly designed for people who already have a business that are either stuck at a, whether, you know, you're at a six-figure or seven-figure. I mean, I have a person who's already signed up who's, who's doing about $180 million a year right now. Her goal is to obviously do much more and take it public. So uh, it's designed for, uh, it, there is a system that I've used to grow my business. And I think that uh, I'm hoping, you know, right now, um, I'm not I'm not trying to be braggadocious or anything like that. But after having done somewhere between 500 million to, you know, to a lot more than this, um, I'm not looking to make more money. I'm really looking to uh, help people who are really willing to work hard. I don't have any like a fast tricks or anything like this, you know, I wish <laughs> right. I did. but really there are uh, ways you could uh, minimize your risks uh, because I believe in testing small and, you know, scaling and growing it where you can elevate um, and you can basically elevate and amplify your brand and your, your message and your services to uh, help other people and eventually you're going to need to dominate your industry, which is what I've done. So um, I hope it will help a lot of people. And I am looking to really offer it at a price where anyone can afford it. Um, that's my big deal, because what I want to do um, is I want to create because uh, I'm not that old yet, Ken, believe it or not. <laughs> so I want to create one million uh, preferably female entre- entrepreneurs and have them pay it forward. Mm hmm. Awesome. Awesome. Well, again, you guys can find out more information about that at victoriawick.com. Um, those will be coming out, as she said, in about four weeks. So definitely stay tuned to that, which is uh, which is a great segue from the online courses to, so give us some tips. Um, obviously you've grown and scaled the heck out of uh, your business. And so, you know, give us, give us some insights, Victoria, how, you know, what are some key steps that business owners, entrepreneurs need to take in order to have that type of success that you've had? Um, you know what? Don't be. First of all, I've been told that my story is very inspiring uh, to a lot of people, and that's great. But I'm not happy with that. I really would rather that you start taking a single action. Any action is better than no action, because if you if you start something and you keep doing it, you're going to find the right way eventually. So number one, embrace uh, failures, uh, because without failures, there is no success. Uh, you know, somebody who's never, uh, you know, fallen on ski slopes, uh, and they're not going to be ever uh, world-class skiers. In fact, we see them fall, you know, during the Olympics. <laughs> so, you know, embrace failures, because without that, you're not going to have any. The trick is to plan your failures so that they actually end up in successes. What that means is, you know, hey, if you don't know if this style or that style, the other style is going to sell or what price point, you know, test it, you know, test it out to you know, top five, 10 people and see what happens. Because, um, you know, if you don't, if you knew the outcome, then it wouldn't be called a test. 
So make sure that you, you know, take enough risks, but calculated risks. And when you fall, don't have a fallback plan, have a fall forward plan. Mm -hmm. Um, And then uh, the other thing, too, is make sure you keep on elevating, because one of my favorite quotes, um, there are two favorite quotes that I have. One of them is uh, success is not final and failure is not fatal. That's by Winston Churchill. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say that's true. And he did this in context that, you know, when Hitler came in and uh, he had some successes using the same same tactics. So he came to England, used the same tactics and obviously he didn't succeed. So uh, but what I want to say when it comes to business, a lot of times when you have a little success, many of you who are listening to this show have some success. You might be doing six figures. You might be doing seven figures. But when you have that success, your number one thing that entrepreneurs tend to do is to protect that success which then leads to failures. You know, for example, like Blockbuster Video, how, you know, they went out of business because they spent all their money protecting an old technology when streaming was obviously in here. You know, Netflix came in, nobody paid attention to them. You know, that's a great example. Um, so, you know, make sure that when you have a little success, you gotta keep evolving, you gotta keep elevating because that's the only way you're going to uh, dominate your industry. And then um, the other thing I would say, it, it, personality traits is, be curious, really. Uh, I did a whole research on uh, gifted people, you know, people like Mozart, Mother Teresa, Beethoven, Da Vinci, all these people that none of us would ever argue that these people weren't gifted, obviously. Mm-hmm. And uh, what I the, the one common thread that they all had was curiosity. So, you know, Da Vinci, for example, um, you know, a lot of people know him as the artist, but he actually was a better scientist um, and, you know, better uh, inventor of machines and things in his day. And the art was the last thing he did. So if you think about it, you know, he was always curious because when you're curious, you never accept the status quo. You're always looking for how does somebody else do this or how does that work? Why did somebody fail? And all those, so be curious, never be satisfied. Um, and then, and the other thing I will say is when you're an entrepreneur and you're fa- faced with failure after failure after failure, you know, you have to keep charging ahead because um, one time I had a horrible, horrible show and I mean, everything bombed and I was just devastated because, you know, as I told you, they'll just take you off. So one day I was walking out and the CEO of the company at that time was walking towards me and he said, what happened? You know? And I said, I don't know. I swear to you, I tried 10,000 different things. It just didn't work. You know, I have Mm -hmm. no idea what I I just give up. And he said to me, oh, great. You know, you found 10,000 ways something doesn't work. So there aren't that many more ways left for you to try. You know, something <laughs> right. is going to work. And so, you know, you got to keep uh, charging ahead. And then lastly, believe in yourself because it starts with you. Everything starts with you and everything ends with you. You have the world in your hands. And, um, you know, I came here as a, as a penniless immigrant. And without speaking English, I had no parents really, uh, my parents couldn't even help me do my homework because they didn't speak English. Mm-hmm. So from that point, and I'm not saying I'm a brilliant person by any means, I kind of, I'm here on this show showing, you know, sharing my story simply because I never gave up. Mm-hmm. So uh, don't give up and keep charging and you never know what's going to happen. You know, my American dream really was to make $36,000 a year. That was my goal. And I met that goal first year, second year, I did a million, third year, I did a 10 million, you know, and I don't even know when I hit the hundred million, but at at some point I completely stopped counting money. Um, Money is the last thing on my mind. So you focus on the right things like your family, your family time, your character as a person, what you're doing to impact lives of other people, then money just comes even if you don't want it. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's the funny thing. 
<laughs> so and that's, you know, that's all the tips I have. I don't have like any tricks. Yeah. Well, you know, you said a lot of great things in there, Victoria. And I think a lot of them, again, are the, the seeds to success. I mean, you, you have to plant those seeds and some of the things you mentioned. I love the fall forward plan, not a fall back plan. I, I believe in that as well, because, you know, someone who has a plan B, you know, the, the, the story of Cortez uh, of burning the ships. So he, you know, is leading his men into battle and they were outnumbered 50 to one. And he told his men to go burn all the ships. And they said, well, gosh, why would we do that? He said, because then we have no success is our only option. You either die or you're successful. Um, and, you know, I'm not suggesting that you, you know, have your life on the line, but, but that's, a, that's a, the most extreme example of there's no plan B. The only plan B is making plan A work better. Um, so absolutely. And, yeah. I and agree. that's, that's really your fall forward plan. You know, you had mentioned, I think that's great. Uh, again, this week, we've been talking with Victoria Wick. You can find out more at victoriawick.com. You can uh, listen to her podcast, Million Dollar Hobbies at milliondollarhobbies.com. Follow her on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, connect with her on those platforms. Uh, Victoria, it has been a pleasure having you on the show. I really appreciate you being a guest. Thank you so much for inviting me. And uh, until next time, we'll talk again soon. Hopefully. All right. Sounds great. Sounds great. Well, again, guys, thanks for listening. I'm sure you got a lot out of this episode. Victoria shared with us all sorts of gold nuggets uh, to make us more successful in growing and scaling our business. Have a great week. And don't forget, as always, cash flow is king. This has been Mr. Biz Radio. To learn how to become part of Mr. Biz Nation, visit MrBizSolutions.com. For access to free weekly content, subscribe to the Mr. Biz YouTube channel and follow him on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, and Twitter. To listen to archive shows, you can find them on the Mr. Biz Solutions website.